Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a fun uh, two-part series for you guys, and this is something that Julie has spent uh, pretty much, I don't know, two or three hours yesterday putting together. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that we are going to create for you a massive action success plan for the rest of 2022 that all of you can do, all of you will want to do, all of you will be proud seeing yourselves do, and you will definitely get the immediate results in terms of helping people um, and making money. So that should be a prescription for all of you to really lead into new year with a lot of momentum and a lot of really, I think, having your head screwed on straight. Because this year, this is probably, uh, I got to think about this. Yes, this is definitely going to be the strangest economy <laughs> that you and I have ever dealt with. Totally agree. In our entire adult lives. Yep. And the transfer from one year to the other, I don't remember anything like this. No, in fact, it seems like this year that we're rounding out the bend to has almost been a completely bifurcated two-part year that almost doesn't have anything to do with itself. It like completely changed in June. Yes. Yeah, that's what it feels like too. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned the word bifurcation, right? And there's a bifurcation in agents too. Definitely. You, you definitely see that. Like you were telling me about some of your private coaching calls today. Yeah. Well, so first of all, listeners, there are real estate transactions happening every day all around you. So don't convince yourself that everything has just come to a screeching halt. However, special shout out to all of you listing agents. We have had a lot of questions about what in the world do you do when a listing hasn't just got slow showings, but maybe you haven't had any showings. So I'm going to share a quick story from one of our great coaching clients, uh, Jen in um, Louisiana, okay? Not a resort market, not, you know, anything crazy, totally normal market. Had a brand new, beautiful listing, nothing wrong with it, nice neighborhood, nice house. Let's give her a proper shout out. Jen Gennaro, a fantastic agent. Her and her husband are both real estate agents. He's Baton commercial. Rouge. She's, that's right. And she's, he, he's commercial. She's residential. But in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, fantastic agents. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so any referrals should go their way, guys. Exactly. All right. So here's the thing. And, and a lot of you are going to, this will sound familiar to you. Great new listing seems priced right, staged right, nothing really wrong with it. But it's just sitting there like nobody cares about it for more than 40 days. No showings, not just slow, but no showings. What do you do? Well, Jen did what, of course, she knows from coaching and her own experience, open house time, systematized, lots of signs, doing an open house correctly. Now, she got four couples in. Okay, here's the interesting thing. She sent me this text. Four couples in, all of them wanted to write an offer. Remember, this is a listing that hadn't had any showings. Every couple wanted to write an offer. So you might ask, where had they been for the past 40 days? Which she asked. Well, none of them thought that they should be setting up showing seeing property because they had homes to sell or they had sold their homes, but it was pending waiting to close. And they didn't believe that they actually could purchase anything because they were still having the mindset of the old market where you better not even try because if you can't have any contingencies. Well, let's drill down on that. All of these were eight, uh, buyers that were working with agents. I believe so. Yeah. And, and uh, so she wasn't, you know, this isn't a dual agency deal. No. And, but what Julia is trying to help you guys understand is their agents, their listing agents in these examples, if they had one buyers or, agents. or right. Buyer, well, their well, buyer's agents yeah. who were probably yeah. their listing agents did not know that the market had changed, did not know that you can write a home sale contingency, did not know 
that you can, you know, obviously put back in appraisal and inspection contingencies. Did not know that you can <gasps> negotiate on Ooh. price, oh right? Oh my gosh. Negotiate on terms. Did not know you could negotiate on Contingent on the the closing of your home. Contingent. I think three out of four of them were already pending. One of them had just put their house on the market. And Jen's comment to me was, it seems like the world doesn't know that you can have contingencies and offers again. (laughs) Well, let's be honest. If you've only been in the business really for the last 10 years. You might not have ever heard of a contingency. Well, you've never, exactly. You've you've never had to deal with contingencies because there was no such thing as a seller that would take a contingency, especially in the last five years. And so most of our listeners, Julie, yesterday uh, the, we released the podcast and within like an hour we had 13 or 14,000 downloads mm-hmm. and yesterday's podcast will probably end up having like 30 or 40,000 downloads and listens. Mm-hmm. How many of those people do you think actually have been in the business for 10 years, let alone five? If you're not that many. Right. And they're all pretty much real estate agents. Well, that's right. And that's also not the entire realtor population of the world listening to us. You know, there, there's agents that don't even know that they should be gathering information and studying right. the market. Right. So two things are going on here. One is that those listing agents slash buyer agents um, apparently either didn't have the conversation or didn't counsel their client to at least try to get a home sale contingency or a closing of a home contingency. But also, there are, it, it goes even beyond the agent. There's people probably searching online looking at properties on realtor.com or whatever that still think that they shouldn't even try because they're going to get outbid or what have you. So what is a listing agent to do? Here's the upshot of all of this. Put in your MLS realtor comments and maybe even your home brochure if you're hot riding your sign like we've taught you to from previous podcasts that the seller would consider. You're not promising the seller is going to take anything. You just want to get offers to work with. The seller would consider contingencies and will allow homes uh, inspections and things like that so that the buyer looking online says to their agent, hey, I want to see this because maybe they'll take my home sale contingency or gosh, you know what? I never was comfortable buying without an inspection. Let's take, let's take a shot at this listing. Let's set up a showing. And also, you know, buyer's agents searching in the MLS will also see those comments as well. So read between the lines here. You're going to most often, you're more frequently than you would like, or maybe if you've not even considered this, you're going to have to do uh, if you're a listing agent, you're going to have to do your job and you're probably also going to have to do the buyer's agent's job. If, for example, if Jen had, you know, Jen had this listing for sale for 41 days, why oh, would, this... by the way, she sold it. Oh, great. There you go. So why would she want to, um, you know, why is she so rabid for an offer? Obviously the sellers are motivated, but you got to think of it from a listing agent's perspective. The li- the seller's sitting there. What the heck have you done for me lately? Where's my offer? Why aren't you bringing any offers? Why aren't you showing the property? And so Jen is running fear of the sellers potentially firing her. So obviously she wants all offers. That's the difference between this market and the previous market where houses sold themselves for way over asking price. You're going to have to be more aggressive. So the one thing as Julie, as her coach that you probably could point out to her is she should have been doing those open houses from day one, not in uh, day 41. Yes. But kudos to her for taking action and doing something about it. But yes, I think you know, as many as you can do as frequently as you can do. And you can tell your sellers, those of you who have multiple listings, that you do them on a rotational basis. You can have agents that you partner with that show, you know, there's lots of different ways around that. So don't worry about that part of it. Well, when we got our start and we tell all of our new agents that are in the coaching, you know, they do this as well. Volunteer to hold open houses 
for other agents. And by the way, the listing agents don't have to be agents in your brokerage. They can be agents in hypothetically competing brokerages that want to hold the house open. So don't overthink it, guys. Choose the house over the agent. Really. Yeah, definitely. We've done, there's so much content in Premier Coaching and on this podcast really about open houses and the rest of it. But I'll, I'll even make this a little bit more interesting. In the agent's comments, uh, if you're, if you should be learning how to do various forms of owner financing. It doesn't have to be 100% owner financing. It could be like an owner holds a second mortgage. An owner will do different creative things. Not necessarily a fit for all different situations. It depends on the seller's situation financially. It depends on your market, frankly. But if you are in a market where you're having more inventory build and nobody's getting any offers, and that's not so uncommon this time of year, you're going to have to make your listing more competitive. And the way you're going to make your listing more competitive is all the things we just said. But you got to start with the assumption, and I don't mean this to sound nasty, but you've got to start with the assumption that the other agents, the buyer's agents, if you're on the listing side of this conversation, they don't do not know how to essentially work with buyers in this market. They're not taking coaching and training. You're probably listening to this podcast. So they don't actually know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know how to compete in a market like this. Now, if you're on the buyer agent side, you're going to have to assume a pretty much similar level of ignorance on the listing agent's uh, part. So you're going to have to learn how to essentially, in some cases, help that listing agent put a deal together by being more creative. So on the extreme end of this, one of the things we teach you guys to do in Premier Coaching, now I don't think we're needing to really dust off this skill set quite yet, but even after owner financing and different financing options, you can also then start doing what we call seller's offer to the buyer. So let's say, for example, Jen had received 20 uh, showings on this property and two of the agents had shown the property five times each or three times each or whatever to the same buyer. So clearly they have buyers that are interested in the house, but you're dealing with a buyer's agent, frankly, that is low to no skill. Because they haven't closed them to write an offer. That's the point. They don't know actually how to get that buyer over the threshold to make an offer. You now see this as a listing agent. You now see they're working with a new or unskilled buyer's agent. You then should write an offer from the seller to the... So normally offer would go from an offer from the buyer to the seller to buy. You need to write an offer from the seller to the buyer, an offer to sell. That's crazy talk, Tim. Exactly. (laughs) Well, we teach you how to do this in Premier Coaching. But these are the skills. When we tell you guys it's going from sort of a narcissistic, look at me, I'm an influencer, look at me eating my pizza and leaning on somebody else's Lamborghini type market. Uh, really, which is was always been just a big narcissistic mumbo jumbo yep. to a skills based market. It's these types of skills that are going to make it so you'll get hired in the first place, but then you'll actually be successful. If you want to be successful in real estate, the way to be successful is by being successful. Sounds trite, right? But it's true. And the way you're successful is you get the business in the first place, but then you're actually able to get the job done, sell the listing, or get the buyer of the house. That's going to come down to skills. Not how many you know followers you have on Instagram. So be super clear about what this market's going to take. Guys, the reason that a lot of those, I think, again, I'll use this word for a third time because it's true. The reason a lot of these narcissistic thoughts have been able to even coexist with the idea of them being a necessary part of a real estate transaction is because we are in a ridiculously hot seller's market. Bad ideas are able to exist in a redi- when the cash flow is flowing. When listings sell themselves, when buyers buy out of fear of you know missing out, you don't have to have any skills necessarily, and you will fool yourself into thinking that your wonderful you know tic tac uh, tic tic tac, <laughs> your wonderful TikTok um, you know page is the one that's generating leads for you. You fall prey to believing that you have to do things that really you didn't have to do in the first place, and you won't have to do in this market. Really, truly, drill down and focus on 
skills. That's what it's all about. And we made it very easy for you. Join Premier Coaching. You can join right now for free. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, to 47372, and you can join Premier Coaching. And when you join Premier Coaching, here's how you're going to feel after you join. By the way, it takes about 22 seconds to join. You're going to feel relieved having a sense of direction in your business, especially as we lead into this new year. We do not believe there's going to be any kind of rebound in the economy, and there's not going to be what's going to, most people are going to perceive what's coming over the next few years as a constant stream of bad news. We don't see it like that the way we see it. And we're not, it's not an optimist versus a pessimist, a ha- glasses half full or glasses half empty. We're not going woo woo on you guys. What we're trying to express to you is we know in a market like this, if you have skills, you're going to dominate. If you are actually willing to apply those skills, then you're going to not only dominate, but you're going to make a lot of money by helping a lot of people. And we're excited because this is the market, frankly, where so many people who have had the potential, had the you know impetus to really want to help people and be of service, they can when they've backfilled it with skills. And that's what Premier Coaching is. So text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372 and you can join immediately. This is what all of you need to be doing as we lead into the new year. Or you can just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. So real estate agents, listeners, brokers, here is your success strategy for the rest of the year. Stop doom scrolling the negative real estate market headlines and get back into control of your year. Use the affirmation, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And we're going to show you what to do next in this two-part podcast. Today is part number one. Okay, so how will you end this year? This is the introspective mindset-y stuff that we like to start with before we lay on the action steps. So how are you going to end this year? What would it take for you to look back on 2022, that's a typo right there, as a successful year, or if you're listening in the future, whatever year you're looking back on, what's it going to take for you to say that was an absolutely killer successful year? It's New Year's Eve and you're looking back, how do you describe it? It's time to set some short-term goals to finish with a bang, not a bust. And by the way, actually it wasn't a typo, you typed it correctly, because what you're supposed to be doing, the concept is, is that we're, Julie, uh, you know, myself and you, and, you know, whomever else, we're sitting on the beach in Puerto Rico. You visit us, it's January, and Julie and I ask you the question, what are the two or three or maybe five things that you're most proud of having accomplished in the mm-hmm. last 12 months? I'm asking you guys that question now. Really drill down, what are those questions? What are the real, practical, tactical things that you've done in the last 12 months? Maybe you learned, uh, maybe you took 10 listings. That's amazing. Maybe you earned 500000 for the first time, or maybe you earned 100000 or maybe it's 50000 It doesn't matter. What are the things? Maybe you lost 20 pounds. Maybe you ran a marathon. You guys get the, maybe you had a baby, you know? Maybe you did all of the above. Maybe your baby had a baby and you're a grandparent, right? <laughs> so whatever it is, what are the things that you're most proud of having accomplished this year? And it should be very, it, it can't be a, a think about, well, I worked on my mindset. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about. Now you have that list. Then I want you to put yourself into the future and we're back in the same beach. You know, we're sitting in the exact same spot, enjoying each other's company. And it's the end of next year. And Julie and I ask you that same question again. What are the three to five things you're going to be looking back upon having accomplished in 2023 that you're going to be most proud of? That is the most powerful way to really put your mind towards the accomplishment or the setting of goals because you're putting yourself into the future thinking about what you're going to be most proud of. Um, and then you're, then once you have those drilled down, the drilled down vision of yourself, feeling the emotions 
of you know accomplishment of having accomplished these things then you now know what's most important to you that's right so don't wait don't say well i'm gonna wait until the new year to get ready to get started to then get my motivation back we're talking about what to do now there are 61 days left this year actual days subtract the weekends a week for thanksgiving 10 days for christmas and new year's that doesn't count any other travel or things that you're doing but when you just do that you're left with about 30 work days so what exactly must you do on those critical days in order to end the year right? Now, what you do now sets you up to make sure that you do what Tim just described, the same thing for next year, looking back, being proud of your work, not saying woulda, coulda, shoulda, maybe I'll do a better job next year. So get started right now. Remember that failure to plan, whether that's for the next 60 days or for the next year or for the next five years, failure to plan means you are planning to fail. So after this podcast series, you're going to have a clear path forward with no failure allowed. You're going to have clarity about which actions equal success now and going forward. Everything you'll do in the next 30 work days will also set you up for success going into next year. Again, for a more detailed drill down, we can only do so much on the podcast. You're going to, of course, join Premier Coaching and get your real estate treasure map, your survival plan, your 90-day massive action plan, your scripts, your pre-listing package, and the list goes on. So just remember... Right now is the time to text PREMIER to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. And remember when texting, message and data rates may apply. Okay, Julie, let's hit it. Part one. Part one. So this is the reality part. Ask yourself, and you can write this in your notes, are you on track ahead or behind? Let's do the math. How would you know, right? So point number one, how much money must you personally earn for the rest of this year? There are two answers to this question. The first one is, how much it takes you just to pay your bills, keep the lights on, put gas in your car, and food on the table. That's like your survival goal, right? The second answer should include everything on top of those basics. What would it take for you to have the most amazing holiday ever for your family? Did you have a goal of paying off credit card or taking a vacation? Figure all of this into your 60-day goals. Remember, we're calling it 60-day goals. That's your home stretch to the end of the year, but it's really only 30 work days. So here's the challenge when you're setting goals leading into wherever this economic you know, malaise is going to be. You're going to have a tendency to set uh, goals around essentially your peer group or your social group or your neighbors. So if everyone around you is essentially reeling it in and, you know, putting the pillows underneath the staircase so they can hide out while the storm hits and they can, you know, wait for the tornado to clear, right? If you're around people like that, you're going to set goals that are too small. And the analogy is, uh, think about shooting an arrow and you're shooting the arrow down, uh, down range, right? You're in the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts and you're shooting the arrow down range. So visualize the target that's some distance ahead of, uh, ahead of you down the field or whatever. It's circular, right? And you're trying to hit bullseye. You've got the bow and the arrow in the hand. You can feel the tension from the bow and the arrow. You're trying to hold the arrow so it doesn't pop off the, what's it called? The bow. The, well, the bow is this part. The string thing. <laughs> the thingy. <laughs> the thingy, right? You're, you're avid hunters, we are not. Or frankly, Sports Boy Scouts people. or Girl Scouts yeah. or really didn't go to gym, but all that. So there it is. <laughs> so you're pulling back on the bow. You feel the tension in your hand. You, you're trying to you know, keep everything on target. So the question is, is if you're wanting to hit bullseye, you can just imagine throwing darts, same idea. Do you aim above the target, above the bullseye, at the bullseye, or below the bullseye? If your goal is to hit the bullseye, and you know gravity is going to pull that arrow down as it after you launch it, after it's sailing through the air, there's this arc that forms. And as the arc is going, you know, it's going to naturally want to pull the arrow down. 
the arc of gravity in 2023 is going to be stronger than it's been probably in the last 20 years to try to pull your arrow down. That's the reason, and this is a mindset point more than anything, but it's absolutely true. You've absolutely positively cannot be wimpy on your goals for next year. Whatever your normal goals are, you should amplify those goals by two or three X. Why? Because you have to aim way above target, especially in a year like next year, in order to get the arrow to hit uh, bullseye. That's what you have to do. And if you aim at the target next year, not only are you not going to hit the target, but your arrow is going to fall so short of the target, it's going to hit the dirt. You're going to hear it thud, right in the ground, way before the target. If you aim way, way above the target next year, you, let's just imagine you're back on the field, you're shooting the arrows, the wind is blowing. You have to overcorrect. And as you overcorrect, putting the, you know, tilting the arrow up, you're going to increase the arc and then the arrow is going to sail right in. Boom, dead center, bullseye. That's the point. When you're goal setting, especially in a year like next year, you have to set bigger goals, which yeah. is counterintuitive to how most people think than you normally would. So be very clear on that. So point number two, remember, we're talking about specific goal setting. How much are you earning already from pending transactions over the next two months? Remember, point number one was, what do you have to do over the next 60 days? Point number two is, what do you already have coming in? Gross commission income minus expenses minus probably 20% for taxes and 10% into savings. Your net is blank per transaction. So you're doing real numbers. You're not guessing. You're not having answers like, well, I guess I ought to put something in contract. We're actually drilling down on exactly what you have to put in contract. Point number three, based on your answers from number one and two, are you on track ahead or behind based on those answers? And well, we're doing, by we're doing, how much? We're doing this just for 60 days, right? For now, yeah. So, so like if you're coaching somebody on this, sure. I'm going to say, Julie, what do you have pending for the next 60 days? That's right. And I'm going to give you a number. Right. I'm going to either, usually they say either a unit number or a, or a dollar amount. Right. right. And, and so, you're, you, so you just said you had yeah. three deals pending. Yep. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And so they're all supposed to close at the end of the year. Fantastic. The commission on all three of those is going to be 30 grand. Great. Yep. How much does it cost for you to pay your bills for the next 60 days? It, you know, yeah, fit- about 20 grand. Okay. So there you go. We just did it out so loud. So that would mean I am ahead by 10 grand or one deal, right? Right. But remember, that was just based on paying my bills. What about my goals? So looking back, it's December 31st. Am I going to be really proud of this year? What have I not yet accomplished? Where I can do some short-term goal setting. Maybe I want to have the most amazing Christmas for my family, and that's going to cost uh, $5,000 because, you know, I've got a lot of kids. We want to do it right. And so that's about a half a transaction for me. So even though it looks like I'm ahead, really, I should have a goal of at least one more deal. And if I really look at my goals back from when I did the treasure map at the beginning of this year, I was also supposed to maybe pay off $20,000 in credit card debt. So now my goal is to do three more transactions by the end of the year. You're describing what happens in the real estate treasure map, which is our fill in the blank business plan. So you, if you've not done your real estate treasure map for 2023 yet, which I'm sure very few of you actually have, please get that done. It is in the first section of Premier Coaching. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Download it. Do it with your spouse. Do it with your partner. Do it with your dog and your bird and your cat. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Make this a real you know, family exercise. That way everyone takes it very seriously. Now, here's the funny part. Sometimes agents start doing lots of volume and they have big teams and they think they're really, honestly, they think they're above thinking at a very root level like this. And here's what happens when you actually think like that. You don't end up having any net profit because you're spending all of it to run your business. The train is off the tracks. Exactly. And it may may have been on the tracks originally, but just now way off the tracks. In a market like this, where you're 
expenses are the same, if not increasing because of inflation um, and your profit because, or rather the cash flow is not flowing as fast because of velocity of sales, you're going to suffer needlessly. So one of the things, again, if we are privately coaching you, this is what we would have you do. We'd absolutely positively have you completely put your business plan, turn it all the way around and start with exactly what Julie and I are helping you, hoping to shed light on. You're going to make your, uh, you're going to do three buckets, basically. What you have to pay for, you know, your all the things that are necessary for you to pay your bills every month, the things that are maybe voluntary, but not necessary, like, Maybe your kid, like our kid, needs braces. I mean, you know, things like that. Whatever the added expenses are that might come from a vacation, savings Julie mentioned, the things that are voluntary for the most part, but you definitely want to pay for them. You definitely want to do it. You don't want to have to not be able to afford- Voluntary, to... but important. Exactly. And then the last bucket, well, then there's arguably two more buckets. And there's cash, uh, you know, savings. You guys should, and we teach you how to do this in coaching and obviously premier coaching. Uh, is really focused on these uh, and really, frankly, help you helping you build wealth. That's really our primary objective. It's not just to sell houses and brag about your numbers. It's help you build wealth. And the last bucket, obviously, is going to be uh, taxes. So those are what we sh hope you to help you to focus on. But we want to do that first. And one of the exercises that's always, frankly, um, fun to do with people, especially people that have big teams and earning lots of money is you sit down with them, you say, and they never know their damn numbers ever. Yeah. I have never had one of uh, anyone selling a hundred, 200, 500 houses a year. They don't actually know. So I ask them, Hey Bob, how much, you know, does it cost for you to pay your bills every month? They don't, they won't know. Mm -mm. And then how much money do you want to Like when you ask them these four questions, they have no clue because they've gotten themselves so far removed from what is the most important thing of their business, which is what their profit margins are. Why have they done that? They've done that because, frankly, they've gotten bad coaching and training and followed bad advice, and they don't know that they have uh, when the market is hot like it has been, like it isn't really anymore. When it's a seller's market, you don't have to be that efficient as a business owner because the velocity of the cash, the transactional flow, will make up for Frankly, bad business decision. Yeah, the no. business is running you when times are like that. Totally. Well, you look, I screwed some things up. I lost some money. Oh, well, who cares? I got 15 deals coming in and it's going to pay me 150 grand. Take I a listing tonight. It'll sell tomorrow. Totally. Now, when that doesn't start happening, when things slow down, when you now start having to pay the same amount for your you know, silly Zillow leads that you've been paying $500 for, maybe you don't even know what you're paying per Zillow lead. Julie and I just told you a number. You're going to do the math. You're going to go, holy crap, I've been paying that much. Yes. And how many years have you been paying that much? Now you're going to realize how much you've been paying, right? This is the time. These, these are the reasons that recessions and, and markets like this are absolutely great because they purge all the bad ideas. That's right. It's the, the great clearing out, really. It is. This is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I was going to come, <laughs> up, with, I was gonna okay. come <laughs> up with a gross joke, but I decided <laughs> I not know. to. But that's really what this is. That's what recessions are. It, it makes it so you are forced to actually go through a cleansing there you go. Yep. A cleansing of getting rid of all the toxins that you didn't even know were in your system. And now you're going to remove all of them from your system, thus producing a much more efficient, you know, healthy business. And again, the way to approach this is by building your business and your plans based on what you want your profit to be. And you don't know what your profit needs to be until you've actually uh, figured out what those four buckets are supposed to be. Yeah. So the point is to stop guessing at your numbers. That was maybe okay for a long run for some of you because the money was coming and going at such a velocity. But it, you know, there's another version of this Tim, that I'm doing on a lot of our one-on-one, uh, -on -one, our elite coaching calls with some really high-end agents that have been in business for a long time. They had a really big goal this year 
a lot of that was based on the trajectory from previous years. That's fair. Makes sure. sense, right? And now they're looking, you know, things have slowed down a little bit. Listings are taking longer to sell. We're not throwing offers at everything. So now what's happening is they're saying, you know what? I got two months to, to hit that goal and I feel like I'm off. And so now the difference for them is, and this is where having whiteboards and visual accountability really helps because they can do it all at a glance. They can say, all right, I'm off by this amount, but how much are you really off by? Let's look at your active listings. Well, my actives, I got five actives, but they're just kind of sitting there. So now that agent who had counted on that in previous markets now has to take that listing inventory more seriously, has to do new CMAs, has to do price reductions, has to do open houses like Jen Gennaro did, mm -hmm. right? Has to be more proactive. They have to get into that tool chest and pull out tools that they hadn't used for a while. For some of you, that is the open house, okay, or many other tools. You mentioned sellers offer to the buyer all these things that haven't skills. been around for a while. Skills, right? And so then they can, they can say, all right, well... Maybe I'm not off as far as I think, assuming I actually get these listings sold. So what's that worth? And which of them are real listings and which of them are maybe long shots? Then they're going to look at their leads board. How many of you are sitting there, I do this on every coaching call, with leads that are only not in contract or not listed simply because you haven't closed on an appointment because you're waiting for them to come after you? Or how many of you are working with buyers who you think are going to buy who no longer qualify? Like the buyer that qualified for $300,000 at the beginning of this year when rates were basically 3.5%, they're only going to qualify for $200,000 now. And they probably don't like what $200,000 gives them. Or you might not even have $200,000 in your market. Because the $300,000 house at the beginning of this year is now probably three thirty dollars or three fifty dollars because of inflation. Yep. So that buyer is going to take themselves out of the market. And yet you've got a list of these 10 magical buyers that are going to somehow you know take care of your financial needs. You've fooled yourself into the false sense of, you know, security and complacency because of the fact that you don't actually have the skill set to really drill down and, and pre-qualify folks. And because you were counting on that, and worse yet, some of those buyers are in your elaborate drip system waiting for, you know, you're waiting for them to call you to show them something. But because you have this belief that all of your leads will do something, especially buyers, that all of your buyers in your pipeline are going to pay off, because you think that's a number and that that's real, what are you not doing? Because you think that's going to come to fruition. Well, You're you not know doing anything proactive. Well, they're getting, they're looking at their CRMs. Their CRMs say they have 400 people in there that they're saying, oh, look at this one, Julie. This one opened my email, looked at the video. So? So what? Does that put a turkey in your- Is on that your, an appointment? Is that to put a turkey in your Thanksgiving table? No, it does not. Is that an appointment? No, it's not. You are, you guys have all been sold into believing to pay attention, frankly, to a bunch of false reports. You're looking at the wrong signals. The only signals that you should be paying attention to are the number of contacts you made, the number of appointments you set, the number of pendings, the number of closings, and frankly, your bank account balance. That's, That's pretty much it. But you guys don't focus on those things because the last market has spoiled you. You know, here it is. Another thought for all of you. How would you, how many of you right now are thinking, well, I sold 25 houses. My average sale price is you know, $500,000. Next year, I want to sell 50. Why not double it? Well, here's, if we were having a private coaching call, here's what I would say. Why? I mean, that's a great goal. 50. That's awesome. Let's do it. But why? Why is it? What specifically is driving you to want to sell more houses? Most times when we ask agents those questions, they don't have an answer. And so here's what's going to happen if they don't have an answer. They might sell 50 houses, but the way they're going to do it will result in no profit from the additional transactions or less profit because they are going to buy their way into doing those deals. They're going to say, I want to sell 50 houses just because 
I want a, you know, a different level award or different level of recognition or because Bob, you know, sold 50 last year and I want to kick Bob's butt. All these types of non-business type ways of thinking. And you might do it because there's lots of ways to buy business nowadays, but you're not going to have any profit as a result. Maybe you're thinking, I'm going to hire a bunch of buyer's agents. I'm going to start buying buyer leads to those buyer's agents. I'm going to start tracking their success rates through a CRM. Think of all the money you've just spent in 15 seconds of me describing what a lot of you think is the next natural step for your business. You can do that, but you must do it with the idea that every single transaction is going to result in an acceptable margin of profit. And if you do not get that acceptable margin of profit, if you cannot figure out how to do that, uh, don't do it. Because in this marketplace, you'll get eaten alive. That's right. And so because you'll be focusing on the wrong thing, then the next year you'll have that same sense of, gosh, I did all of these deals, but where's my net? I better do more units. So then you're going to spend yourself into oblivion, assuming that you even last that long. More units is fantastic, but more profit is even better. You know, I think that, more profit on fewer units, actually. There's it, an argument for that, isn't there? Completely. I mean, 100%. So listen, a lot of you are looking for the next natural step in your real estate brokerage choice. Julie and I are proudly with eXp Realty, one of the best decisions we made almost four years ago. If you're looking for an eXp Realty sponsor, if you're looking for someone to frankly partner with you in your real estate business, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your eXp Realty sponsor. If you've not yet chosen a sponsor at eXp Realty, please do consider us. We've made it very easy for you, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. Yes, that is my text. Yes, that is my actual cell phone number. No, please do not call. I will not answer, but I will respond if you text me. So just text EXP to 512-758-0206. All right, we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Dot com.